to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington, D.C. in our Grassroots Government segment. We'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. And we'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Martin. This is our very first podcast of 2019, and it's originating from New Orleans, Louisiana, the home of the American Farm Bureau Federation's 100th annual convention. Now, this podcast may be a little different from ones we've produced in the past. This one is going to focus almost exclusively on the convention and what happened, especially President Trump's address to the nation's farmers and ranchers. In the news headline segment, we'll get reaction from both government officials and Louisiana farmers and ranchers to see what they thought about the president's address. We'll also highlight some of the comments that Governor John Bell Edwards made at the convention. Then we move to our grassroots government segment where we dive deep into President Trump's address. We'll bring you the highlights from the speech, and you'll get to hear directly from the president on the successes that he's had on behalf of American agriculture and what his plans are for the future. We'll go in the field from New Orleans where we caught up with Louisiana sugarcane farmer Cecil Ramagas. He'll give us an update on his harvest, which he just finished last weekend. We'll check in with our regular market analysts, Greg Fox, Mark Tall, and Dave Foster. They'll update us on the grain, rice, and cattle markets. Then we wrap things up from New Orleans with a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar. All of that's coming up on this special edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast from New Orleans. And it all kicks off right now. Here's a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Topping the Louisiana Ag News headlines this week, President Donald Trump addressed the American Farm Bureau Federation's 100th annual convention here in New Orleans. The president spoke for over an hour, so there are a lot of details to bring you regarding the president's speech. We're not going to do that here in news headlines. We're going to put that off into our next segment, Grassroots Government. So stay tuned, and we'll bring you a lot of details about the president's speech in the next segment. Right now, we're going to focus on reality action to the president's speech. First, we'll start with a rancher from New Mexico who was actually called onto the stage by President Trump. This rancher has a ranch along the Mexican border and has to deal with a lot of the illegal border crossings right across his ranch. His name is Jim Chilton, and President Trump invited him on stage to make a few remarks about the border wall. Here's what Farm Bureau member and New Mexico rancher Jim Chilton had to say to the president. Mr. President, we need a wall. I would say we need a wall all around 
all the length of the border. We've got to stop the drug packers bringing drugs in to poison our people. And I would say to Speaker Pelosi, walls are not immoral. In fact, I've traveled around the world and the biggest wall I've ever seen is around the Vatican. Now you can't tell me that the wonderful priests and officials of the Roman Catholic Church, including the Pope, are immoral. They have a wall, why can't we? Thank you, Jim. Now for some Louisiana reaction to President Trump's speech. We'll start with Garrett Marsh. He's a farmer from Madison Parish. It, it was pretty amazing. Like I said, I've, I've never felt anything like that. So he's doing his job. It's just going to take a while. We've got to be patient. Ryan Yerby of Grant Parish echoed the same sentiments. He's supportive of the president, but he also acknowledges that the president's trade policies and the government shutdown over the border wall are both causing problems for Louisiana farmers. There's payments that are coming through and programs that we need to be signing up for that we don't have access to. But it all goes to the greater good. There is a bigger plan, and like President Trump said, the farmers are the are on the forefront. We support him, and we're going to back him because it's kind of what we have to do. I also caught up with Christian Richard. He's a Vermilion Parish rice, soybean, and crawfish farmer to get his reaction right after the president's speech. I think it's great that he was out here. I think it's a great testament to his commitment to agriculture and and he understands the value of it to to the local economy and, and the economy of the country as a whole. Um, his, you know, he's under a lot of scrutiny right now with the uh, with the border wall and the clash with all the Democrats. But you know, ultimately, he shares the same sentiment I think as we do. And you know, he wants to let the right people in the country through the right processes and the right channels. And, and you know, those guys are really vital for what we're trying to do day to day on our operations. Well, with the trade situation that we've covered extensively over the last year, we know how that has affected Louisiana farmers and farmers throughout the country, but yet he's still got a rousing round of applause and standing ovations here today, so this group definitely seems to support him. It, it seems like you know everyone really understands what the, what the end game is, and it just takes someone to, to really step up to the plate and fight for us you know, on some of these unfair trade deals that have been in place for so long. It seems like he's really going to help us maybe turn the corner with some of these markets. And finally, we visited with Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain, immediately following the president's speech. Well, you can tell how important that President Trump, you know, how important agriculture is to President Trump. You know, we were told he'd be here and talk for about 20 minutes. He spoke for more than an hour. And we talked on many different subjects. You know, we talked on trade. We talked on border security. We talked about the Farm Bill. You know, we talked about the future of agriculture. We talked about immigration. We talked about labor. We talked about taxes, death taxes, all these many different things. And you can tell he's done his homework, you know, and, and also, you know, working with Dr. Sonny Perdue. So the key takeaway points is that it's a full court press on trade, full court press. He's not going to back up on border security. He's not going to back up on that. And he's gonna, then also it's going to work so that we can get our H-2A and H-2B workers or if we're going with the Goodlatte Bill H2C, 
where it is easier to get those returning guest workers that we want. And also when we start looking at you know, our tax structure and overburdensome regulation, right, dealing with the issues, whatever that regulation is, whether it's through the USDA, the EPA, whatever, by eliminating those issues, we turn on the engines of America's economy. So we touched on many things, all very, very positive. And you could see, you know, we had a packed crowd here. There are probably more than 10,000 people in this room and the number of standing ovations he got. So he understands it. And like he said, he loves agriculture. He respects agriculture. And he understands that with the heartland of America, that's where the economy begins, right? And as we move forward, and that is the heartbeat of America, and he understands that. Again, we'll bring you in-depth details of the president's speech in our next segment on grassroots government. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards made an appearance here in New Orleans on Sunday. I am so happy to welcome you to New Orleans and to Louisiana because I am a member of the Farm Bureau and have been for a long time. Governor Edwards welcoming the thousands of farmers and ranchers from across the country to Louisiana for the American Farm Bureau Federation's 100th annual convention. Look, we in Louisiana, like the country, have been richly blessed with an abundance of natural resources from timber to cattle, cotton to sugarcane to rice, and everything in between. Louisiana's fertile soil, coupled with our vast systems of waterways and ports, have made this state one of the nation's most important and unique agricultural assets. Governor Edwards told the crowd that he appreciated their hard work and farm values, stating that he grew up on a dairy farm in Tangipahoa Parish. As Ronnie told you, I grew up like he did. He's from Ethel. I'm from Amy. We both grew up on dairy farms. But being surrounded by farmland from an early age... You learn to appreciate and take pride in the work that goes into putting food on people's tables. In fact, one of the first things that Donna and I did when I got elected governor and moved into the governor's mansion is I built a chicken coop because I like fresh eggs. And uh, we have a lot of school children come by on field trips and they call our chickens the first chickens. If you're ever in Baton Rouge, come by, I'll be happy to show you. And Governor Edwards emphasized the importance of agriculture to both the state of Louisiana and the nation. The economic value of ag here is $11 billion a year. So to say that farmers are the backbone of our economy is an understatement. And as you know, you feed the world. And Ronnie just told you 60% of the grain that's exported from this country comes right down this river. So Louisiana is your partner when it comes to feeding the world, and we're proud of the role that we play. But as everybody here knows, it's about so much more than the dollar signs that are infused into our economy. Farming, ranching, it's a way of life passed down from generation to generation. It's hard work, it's honest work. And by the way, Oftentimes, it's one of the most underappreciated professions there is. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards speaking here in New Orleans at the American Farm Bureau Convention. Coming up next, we'll dive into President Trump's speech to the American Farm Bureau Convention. We'll bring you the highlights on grassroots government. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. On Grassroots Government this week, we feature the President of the United States, Donald Trump, who spoke here in New Orleans on Monday at the 100th Anniversary Convention of the American Farm Bureau Federation. President Trump congratulated the Farm Bureau on a century of service to American agriculture. For 100 years, this organization has faithfully represented the men and women who are the backbone of our country, truly. On this special anniversary, we gathered to celebrate America's proud farming heritage. Through your sweat, through all of your work, the strength of your hands and the faith in your hearts, the American farmer feeds and fuels and sustains our nation. President Trump focused the majority of his speech on the hot issue of the day, and that is, of course, the border wall and the accompanying government shutdown that is a result of that fight currently going on in Washington. He made it clear to farmers and ranchers at the Farm Bureau Convention that he understands the labor issues that are involved with immigration and having a wall. But he made the point that if he gets his way, Labor will be easier to get from Mexico once his policies are fully implemented. You know, when we have proper security, people aren't going to come. Except for the people we want to come because we want to take people in to help our farmers, etc. Very important. We're going to make that actually easier for them to help the farmers because you need, you need these people. No, you need these people. We're going to make it easier. I mean, I'm glad I told you that because, you know, look, you're in that business and a lot of people don't understand this. You need those. You need people to help you with the farms. And I'm not going to rule that out. I'm going to make that easier for them to come in and to work the farms. You've had some people for 20, 25 years. They're incredible. Then they go home and they can't get back in. That's not going to happen. But we're keeping the wrong ones out. Okay, we don't want the wrong ones coming into our country. And for that, it's going to be almost impossible to get in. For the people that work the farms, that have been here, that have gone through this very short but good process, that are going to help our country, it's going to be easier for them to get in than what they have to go through now. So just remember that. President Trump took the time to thank farmers and ranchers for being patient during this trying time while the government is shut down. But we have to do the border. In the meantime, the USDA is doing everything in its power to help farmers deal with the ongoing shutdown. We thank you for your support and patriotism, and we fight to defend our nation. We are fighting very hard to defend our nation. And many people that aren't getting a payment, that aren't being paid, have let us know in the strongest of terms, a big amount, 
They said, sir, what you're doing is of paramount importance. Do the job right, and we are with you 100 percent. You'd be surprised at how many people have said that. And it's not easy for them, but it's a lot of people. So I'm asking all of our citizens to call your Democrat lawmakers and ask them to pass a bill that secures our border, protects our country, and now reopens our government. Because as soon as they do that, we reopen our government. You would think that would be a very simple task. On every front, we are fighting for our great farmers our ranchers, our growers. President Trump was successful getting a tax cut enacted in his first two years, and that has helped farmers, especially with one of Farm Bureau's top priorities, and that is the elimination of the estate tax, or the death tax, as they call it. The Trump tax cut package did not eliminate the death tax, but it did significantly raise the exemption which makes it much more friendly for farmers and ranchers. We're reversing harmful federal intrusion. And to keep family farms in the family, we have virtually eliminated the estate tax, also known as the death tax. Thank you. Thank you. Small business owners... And corporations and others, small business, there's a ter- terrible thing that was happening where you're, your parents, you love your parents, they're farmers, they love their farm. Everybody loves their farm. The kids, they want to grow up on the farm. They want to someday run the farm, own the farm. And they couldn't because they had very large estate taxes to pay. So they go out and borrow money. And then it turned a little bit bad. And all of a sudden, they'd end up losing the farm because they had to pay the estate tax. Two other successes that President Trump talked about in his speech were the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill and the announcement of a new revised Waters of the U.S. rule. First, Trump's comments on the Farm Bill. Just a few days before Christmas, I was proud to sign the Farm Bill. We got it done. That wasn't easy either. That was not easy. Senators, congressmen, thank you. That group did it. That was not an easy one, John and Bill, was it, huh? That wasn't easy. But we got it done. The first to be passed on time in over 30 years. Got it done. And I've authorized Secretary Perdue to be strong on work rules for the food stamp program through regulations allowed by the bill. So I know you have a great secretary. He'll do what's right. The Farm Bill delivers for our farmers on a wide range of key priorities. On critical farm programs such as crop insurance, you will have the support you need to plan for the future. It increases the amount farmers can borrow so you can expand and improve your businesses. It also secures the $600 million commitment we made to build a modern, effective, rural broadband across America's heartland. You're not well-serviced. That's something the great, great middle part of our country has been complaining about for a long time. You're not properly serviced. You will be now. You will be now. That bill is a great bill for the farmer. Then he pledged to keep the government off of America's farms and ranches through a new revised Waters of the U.S. rule. 
We're going to keep federal regulators out of your out of your tanks, your stock tanks, your drainage ditches, your puddles, and your ponds. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can have a pond, a little pond, and they consider it a lake. And you're regulated as though it were a lake. We're going to get government off your back so you can earn a living and support your families doing what you love. And I know what you love. Farmers love what they're doing. Then the president wrapped up his speech with the crowd on their feet and applauding as he paid tribute to the hard work and dedication that farmers and ranchers make to the greatness of America. Our nation was founded, settled, and built by farmers. From the fields of Pennsylvania to the hills of Tennessee, from the plains of Missouri to the big sky of Montana, and from the marshes of Florida to the fertile valley of California, farmers have always led the way. The American farmer embodies the timeless values of America. You believe in hard work and self-reliance. You follow the rules, obey our laws, and respect our great American flag. You support our communities, raise loving families, teach your children right from wrong, and you are always loyal to this magnificent nation that we so love. Now you have a government that is loyal to you, finally, in return. Because we know that government's first duty is to our own citizens. We are fighting for the American farmer, and we are fighting for the American dream and for the products made and grown with pride right here in the USA. It's what we're fighting for. We are defending a cherished legacy, and we are preserving a beautiful way of life passed down from mothers and fathers to sons and daughters from generation to generation. You are the keepers of this noble tradition. You are the guardians of this majestic heritage. We are standing up for the men and women who work the fields, till the soil, and harvest the land. We are protecting your rights, your freedoms, and our glorious Constitution. And we are doing it all with love in our hearts, joy in our souls, and trust in our God. Thank you. To all of the farmers here today and across our country, the greatest harvest is yet to come. The future for America's farmers is bigger, better, bolder, and brighter than ever before. I just want to thank you all for being here. So honored to have had this kind of a turnout, this kind of a record. I want to thank the American Farm 
Bureau for the incredible job they do. I'm proud to be a great friend of the farmer, of the rancher, of the people who so nobly do what you do. God bless you all. God bless our farmers. God bless the United States of America. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. President Donald Trump speaking on Monday at the American Farm Bureau Convention in New Orleans. We continue our podcast from the Crescent City. Next up, we go in the field to visit with Cecil Ramagas. He is an Iberville Parish sugarcane and soybean farmer. Cecil will give us an update on his sugarcane crop as he just wrapped up harvest last weekend. We continue our podcast from New Orleans in the field next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. What comes out of the ground creates energy and has been a major contributor to Louisiana's economy for over two centuries? No, it's not oil. It's sugar. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. Ever since the Jesuits began cultivating sugar in colonial Louisiana, this sweet crop has had a major impact on our economic well-being. Each year, our sugarcane industry creates an economic boon of nearly $3 billion for the Bayou State. This vital business engine supports fuel and fertilizer distributors, tractor and automotive dealerships, supermarkets, and more than 15,000 Louisiana jobs. The sugar industry also benefits research universities and schools, banks, and insurance agencies. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. The Louisiana sugarcane industry, helping empower the people of Louisiana for more than 220 years. Louisiana sugar, making life sweeter naturally. Taking you to the fields of Louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We go in the field this week to talk with Cecil Ramagas. Cecil is a sugarcane producer from Iberville Parish. Cecil, did you get things wrapped up out in the field before we came down here to New Orleans? We sure did. We wrapped it up over the weekend and uh, with the difficulty that we had harvesting, we still wound up with a good crop. Tell me about your place, uh, Cecil. How many acres do you have in production? Are you all sugarcane, or do you have some soybeans as well? We we run uh, 1,500 acres of land. We've got about 1,000 for the mill, mill acres, and we double crop 200 with soybeans. Well, let's talk about it. I know one word can probably sum up harvest for you and just about every other sugarcane farmer in Louisiana, and that is wet. Uh, it was a wet, muddy mess out there this year. Tell me how bad it was. It was challenging. We've had, you know, from the beginning of harvest to the end, it was mud all the way. And um, we've had some difficult harvest. 2002 was probably my toughest. Um, this year ranks right up there with it. And But we were fortunate. We got every acre in. We got every acre planted. I know a lot of guys that aren't going to be able to say that, and that's tough. So uh, you did see some instances of people who weren't even able to finish planting this year? Exactly. A lot of guys south of us didn't get all of their crop planted for one reason or another because of the weather. And they are also having difficulty harvesting this as well. So they may leave some acres standing. 
Well, how did the soybeans come out this year? Were you one of those that were lucky, or did you have some trouble with the weather? We were fortunate again. We were able to get them all in. We actually had a little damage toward the end, but we were able to harvest them all, get them all to the the bins, and uh, get them sold. So, Have you heard anything back from the mill yet on your crop? Uh, how is actual production and sugar production looking on your crop this year? Tonnage was excellent. I mean, we had uh, we were all underestimated from the get-go. Uh, sugar fell off toward the end after the freeze, but overall, this is probably going to be the one of my best crops ever. I even saw pictures on the Internet of a lot of cane seeding out this year. Uh, did you have any of that on your place, and, and what's the cause for that? No, we didn't. Uh, it depends on where you're at. And they said that this weather was kind of a unique scenario, and that's what caused some of it to flower. And um, we didn't have any. I'm sure my wife would have had me cutting some. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about the upcoming year, Cecil. We're here into 2019. Uh, I know you just finished harvesting a few days ago, but what are you looking for in 2019 on your place? <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of uh, fixing to do now. Traditionally, after a bad harvest like this, you've got a lot of maintenance to doing all your infrastructure, your roads, uh, loading sites, uh, the ruts in the field. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us and also a lot of repair work on our equipment. So it's usually tough. Uh, the crop, that's kind of going to be a, a thing we have to wait and see. Well, what exactly uh, do you do you need on a sugarcane crop to uh, get a good start on it for the year? We need a little dry weather right now is what we need to sort of get all our work done. Um, you know, hoping that we don't have a hard freeze. Uh, the freeze that we had during harvest wasn't really a killing freeze, and that's what was kind of quirky about it. In our area, further north, it hit a little harder. Uh, in our area, it really just killed the canopy, and, uh, but it, it had a, a dramatic effect on sugar. Our sugar dropped way down. Cecil Ramagas, he's a farmer from Iberville Parish. Thanks a lot, Cecil. Appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you. Coming up next, it's time to take a look at the markets. Greg Fox, Mark Tall, and Dave Foster are all standing by next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. I grew up in Louisiana farm country, and I know all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into raising livestock, growing a crop, raising a family, and running a farm. Farm Bureau puts that same hard work and sacrifice into making life better for you and your family, so join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. To talk about the markets, we go to Greg Fox with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Greg, normally you and I would be talking about today's USDA crop report numbers, but with the government shutdown, there is no crop report. Is that creating any kind of uncertainty in the grain markets right now? A little bit, just because you don't know some of the numbers. You know, you would typically see export numbers. We would have seen that yesterday, so that kind of helps give us a little bit of direction. So the market kind of guesses, um, and then you throw in the trade talks with China. 
Um, so it's just kind of a wait and see attitude and, and just kind of just watching it. It's just not a whole lot to go by. So you're just trying to guess. Well, we did have trade talks with China. As you mentioned, uh, our negotiators were over there in Beijing discussing this trade situation. Did we get any news out of that this week? A little bit. I mean, it's it just kind of sketchy news, really. Um, everything was, talks were positive, so that really helped the markets stay firm, even gain some momentum. Um, but you can only trade on that so long. You know, China said they were going to buy uh, an absorbent amount or a big amount of grain or products, and we hadn't seen that yet. You know, what are they going to buy? What are those numbers going to look like? So, you know, we heard this in the past, and it helps, but you've got to actually see something get done to really get these markets to stay firmer. Um, you know, it could get to the point where it's going to be too little too late as well. Well, we did see a pretty strong sell-off in the soybean and other grain markets on Thursday. What was behind that? Just lack of fresh news, just kind of, not a whole lot of faith maybe that, you know, these things are going to get done in a timely fashion. So you saw a lot of position, uh, profit taken and then just kind of waiting for, you know, some more hard, hard news, some factual news to come out instead of just talk that it's going well. Again, we need to see China come out and buy, actually buy something. We need to see what those deliveries are going to look like. What's the time frame for those deliveries, I think, to get this market to move higher than where we are. Well, looking at the corn market, Greg, I know on that September contract, which we use as our new crop contract, we hit four bucks this week. Was that a positive development? Yeah, you know, they talked about potentially buying, you know, corn, wheat, soybeans, rice, other ag commodities. So that did help give a boost. Um, we've seen decent corn usage the past year and going into this year. Corn has been pretty steady as far as for usage. So you know, not surprised to see it trade a little bit better. You know, hopefully we can get that back up to the $4 range and give our producers an opportunity to get some of that sold. Well, now that we're in the new year, Greg, uh, what are you hearing from your customers as far as what's going to be going in the ground here in the next few months? Are we looking at making big changes in 2019 as opposed to what we did in 18? You know, I don't know if we're going to see big changes. You could see some subtle changes. You know, some areas, you know, they're just going to have to grow beans. You know, if they're going to make it work on paper to get that loan, um, you could see some guys shift to corn if they have grain bins. You know, corn's a good option for them. Um, we've heard some guys might switch a little bit into cotton. It just kind of depends on what's going to pencil out best for your operations that you can get that loan again. I think that's going to be the driving factor is what can they get financing for. Greg Fox with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Thanks a lot, Greg. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now we focus on the rice market with Mark Tall. He's a rice marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association in Crowley. Mark gave us an update on the rice market earlier in the week. Well, the futures market appears to be heading in the right direction after the holiday drag on prices. In the last eight trading days, we have seen a low of 1010 to a high of 1077 on the March futures. We are slightly under the 45-day moving average today if this market has a breakthrough and prices could move even higher and become our floor. Volume continues to be around the 300 to 600 contract level from March to July futures. The cash market is unchanged at 1080 per hundred. And just before the New Year's holiday, we were able to sell a few lots at 1111 per hundred based on a 6270 number two long grain. There is still no word on the latest Iraq tender 
for the immediate future. However, we have been selling rice at these levels. Now let's switch over and talk about the cattle markets. We're visiting with Dave Foster, former market reporter and currently CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing well, Kerry. How about yourself? Doing just fine, Dave. You know, we're looking at a brand new year here in 2019, but I don't think the issues in the cattle market have really changed much. We're looking at some of the same problems that we saw in the last half of 2018. What's your take on the new year for Louisiana cattle producers heading into 2019, Dave? Well, Kerry, you certainly identified the situation that we're in right now. Nothing much has changed from the the latter part of 2018 and and where we are right now uh, on a national level they're they're still dealing with uh muddy sloppy conditions in these backgrounding yards and and in the feedlots and so the on the national level uh these uh, these heavy feeders that are weighing oh, over 700 pounds and up uh they're they're certainly uh, taking some discounts because the feedlot says, you know, we don't need them not right now. We can't take them. It's, it's, our lots are a mess, and so that's that's been a trouble a trouble area for sure. And uh, and then the uh, the fat cattle market uh, has kind of uh, moved along. It's it's improved a little bit from 2018. Uh, we're we're up into that uh, 122, 123 money uh they're trying to get the end of uh, this week their uh the feedlots are holding out to get some more money and hopefully uh, that comes to pass well dave how do those things affect our cattle producers here in louisiana well the one thing is that uh we uh we are in better shape than other parts of the country in the fact that um, as far as from a marketing standpoint of our cattle is there's still demand uh, for these uh, these lighter weight calves to to go on uh, winter wheat pastures? And yes, there there are some areas that are having some trouble with that uh, bogging down and stuff. But there's still a little bit of, of demand for that. Uh, our cull cow prices have uh, have increased a little bit. Uh, that's due uh, mostly to the fact that uh, there's less cows showing up on the uh, in the marketplace, but we're still hurting as far as we in Louisiana, we've got a real crisis with, uh, with a hay shortage. Uh, we've got a real crisis with here we are right now in the midst of, uh, of spring calving or the start of spring calving. And those, those lots and pastures are just a mess and trying to feed. If you've got feed to feed them out there, it certainly is a, is a, is a true mess, but, the bright side of this picture is, uh, from a standpoint of our receipts at these livestock auctions, this is a time of year when the livestock auctions, the receipts are, are light. And basically, our receipts on the, on the calf side of it, if you will, or the cattle side of it, certainly is, um, is just a uh, kind of a cleanup type trade. So all the odds and ends and all these things that were left over and ones that wouldn't fit in a load or the stragglers coming along that were born late, these are what's showing up at the marketplace. And because of that, these buyers can't put together a full load of cattle that all look the same and weigh the same and that sort of stuff. So demand uh, 
for them maybe even is is good because they want them. Uh, but prices are a little bit lighter only because of the fact of that. Dave Foster, CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. Thanks a lot for the insight, Dave. You're more than welcome. What is coming up in Louisiana agriculture? Well, it's time to take a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar and find out. We'll check the calendar next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Louisiana farmers and ranchers dedicate their lives to producing the food we eat and the clothes we wear. Agriculture touches all of us every time we sit down at the table. So support Louisiana agriculture by joining Farm Bureau. And you don't have to be a farmer to join. If you're already a member, we thank you. Your membership supports farmers and ranchers right here in your local community. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. On the Ag Calendar for the next couple of weeks, we have several state and national farm meetings coming up. First up on the calendar, this Friday, January the 18th, it's the Ag Expo in West Monroe. That will run Friday and Saturday, the 18th and the 19th. A great trade show to highlight agriculture in northeast Louisiana. Now, in conjunction with the Ag Expo, the Ag Expo Forestry Forum will be held this Friday as well. So both of those activities going on in Monroe this coming weekend highlighting agriculture in northeast Louisiana. January 22nd and 23rd is the Louisiana Ag Industries Association Convention in Marksville. Then we have a national farm meeting coming to Louisiana. It's the American Sheep Industry Convention. That happens on January 23rd through the 26th in New Orleans. January the 26th, it's the Louisiana Farm Bureau's Young Farmer and Rancher Leadership Conference in Iberia, Louisiana this year. January the 29th LSU Ag Center is hosting a data and technology conference in Alexandria. You can check out the LSU Ag Center's website for more information. Again, that's on January the 29th. Then another big national farm convention coming to Louisiana January 30th through February 1st. It's the Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association and all of the cattle industry organizations coming together for the Cattle Industry Convention and Trade show that will be happening in new orleans january 30th through february 1st well that wraps up our very first podcast of 2019 coming to you from new orleans the site of the american farm bureau federation's 100th annual convention we'll have another podcast in a couple of weeks in the meantime keep up with us on social media we're on both facebook and twitter the handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We keep both of those accounts updated on a daily basis with the latest news and information in Louisiana agriculture. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. If you go to our website, voiceofLAag.com, you'll see a button right there in the middle of the page where you can subscribe to The Daily Voice. It'll show up in your inbox each weekday morning at 5 a.m. with the latest news and information on Louisiana agriculture. We'll see you next time right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. 
thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.